Welcome once again to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. That would make me Gary Wilkerson, and I'm here with my friend Joshua West. Joshua, good day. How are you doing? Glad to be with you. Good, good. Glad you're here. We're continuing our series on uh, move of God in our generation. We're longing to see God move in a very specific way, unique way, and we're really not talking about the um, events themselves, like what what a you know, would it be a charismatic type revival or would it be a preaching revival or a prayer and repentance revival? We're, we're talking about the in, internal, the heart of it. What would what would this generation be looking for in a revival? Um, we talked in past episodes how some spiritual awakenings and move, moves of God have been to counter some of the things going on in culture when the church was so uh, ingrained with works. Uh, Luther came along and brought faith, uh, you know, grace instead of works. We uh, just see, so so every revival, spiritual awakening, has certain demarcations about them, and we've been talking about some of those: uh, radical love, humility, generosity. Last episode, we talked about simplicity. What a strange thing to think of uh, a revival would would bring simplicity to our life, but, but when God moves and touches your life, you're going to see uh, some things fall off your schedule because they're no longer important to you, and you're going to find what really drives your life, uh, that connection to Christ and others. So today we're, we're kind of, I, th- I think we're piggybacking a little bit on last episode, uh, Simplicity, this one about some, something being real and genuine, authentic, um, not showy, not flashy, not, uh, not, not, not superficial, but, but truly deeply uh, intimately uh, real and genuine, an authentic relationship with Jesus, an authentic relationship with one another, an authentic church that lives out life, does life together in a real powerful way. That is one of the marks of uh, the spiritual hunger of this generation. I know that I know that it has, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. We look look forward to seeing what God has for us to to say today. Where's where your Where's your mind go, Joshua, when you just hear me start this? podcast about real, authentic, genuine? I think it's it's something I'm going to say is going to sound very simple. And I think most people who are in and around the church will say, yes, yes, of course. But I think we should pause before we get excited. We know things about God's Word. We know things about Christian life. But I think we live in such an overly marketed society that, that there are so many things that we could point at and say that they're shells of what they really mm-hmm. what they really exactly. should be. That's so good. And I feel like so the reason it's hard to deal with is because we have, like you said last podcast, the outside of the cup is perfect mm-hmm. and it's marketed and it's in the right light and we have, you know, a picture of it and it's going out on all platforms. And I mean, we, we've got the outside of the cup down. Right. And, you know, you walk in, I mean, I was talking with a pastor the other day, um, you know, when I was speaking at his church, you know, church ha- churches, and I'm not being critical, but they have the sign that says, welcome home. You know, when you walk in, it's like a pretty popular yeah. thing to say. But I was talking to him and I was like, you know, the difference between most of the time where I see this sign that they're kind of this cookie cutter, everything does. This church doesn't have one of those signs, but it really feels like okay, yeah. like you are home in the family yeah. of God. I think we have to work hard to get past the surface yeah. um, to to be intentional about what's what's real. I think what, what a lot of people want to see um, are people p- people in Christ who who claim the word of God, but who are walking it out in the most simple and basic places mm-hmm. in their life. And I think I think that's what people are, are hungry for. Yeah. You know, the days of, 
you know, the mighty man of God who, you know, and I, we, we've seen, in a, I don't mean that in a bad way. We esteem, I esteem many ministers and preachers, but there's so many of these people that, that made these bold, bold statements and then they fall and mm-hmm. you realize, and it's not criticizing someone because they had a moral failure. When you look behind the curtain, it was usually you see that all the things they were speaking about weren't really intact in their life. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, not to take the side of the world um, and, you know, be like, this This is how preachers are, this is how the church is. But even the people who don't have, quote unquote, moral failures, sometimes the marketing's here. There's nothing behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that really answers the questions. There's nothing that really deals with sin, you know. And I think one of the most, um, you know, we talk, when we talk about sin, when we're a church that pretends like that sin isn't having an impact on our culture because we want to be uplifting, oh, yeah. the people outside of Christ are dealing with the consequences of it every day. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with the the pain that comes with it, the the struggle that comes with it. Um, Christians are too, and we're we're not dealing with um, the 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 fallout of sin. And here's the saddest part. We have the answer. Like we have a great picture of it. We have a we have video clips about it. We mm. talk about him, but it's like below the surface. You know where is that that intimate relationship with Jesus? And I think I think for for so many people, it's this is another podcast we're going to do. But I think it's a programmatic thing mm-hmm. rather than an abundance of of you know. Uh, of, of what's really going on. And I think right. that's sort of an implication of the fact that we're not we're not preaching and living out God's word in just a very simple and practical way. Instead we're we're trying to um we're trying to market something so desperately that we forget to mm-hmm. actually that's a good point. You know, we mar- we market this the 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 soda bottle so well we forget to put the soda inside the mm-hmm. can when yeah. we sell it. You know, it's like well, that's a great can, but there's nothing in here. In the spiritual hunger that we have, uh, this desire that I think anybody that knows American culture and knows the heart of God knows we need a a spiritual awakening. We're, we're, we're in bad shape. And so, but if we're not careful, we try to market that or manipulate that or programize that or um, package it, <clears throat> make it uh, event-driven. Or if we put, you know, if we invite this guest speaker or have these bands or, you know, have this event, then <clears throat> we'll, then that, that will bring a move of God or that'll bring revival. And it's actually the opposite that really seems to be happening in our in history and in the world today, what's happening today. You know, I, I think back at the, uh, there was a revival on Wall Street uh, years and years ago where just some men got together at noon to pray you know, for an hour, and then all of a sudden this revival broke out and it touched the nation. Uh, there was one called the Haystack Revival where some students were uh, going from the university back, I think, to their to their dormitories and uh, downpour of rain, and they got under this uh, 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 wagon that had hay in it and started praying, and before long, just out in the field there, they just gathered with thousands of students and uh, revival broke out and went went across the nation as well. You know, the, God seems to do that a lot. It seems to, you know, it's almost like the bypassing of of Saul and all his pomp and circumstance, you know, of of, of all of his, you know, abilities to put on a good show and, and goes to the simple shepherd of David. You know, that I think there's something to be said about what God can do, uh, which brings hope to, I think, the, just the 
the normal Christian church. You know, that's that's it may be in a maybe it's a small church, hundred, two hundred people, and they want to you know how could I be used by God for this? Is well, that, that's exactly who God uses. You know, you don't have to have a multi million dollar budget or a mega church building. You can just just you know live the gospel, and so that you know that's in the corporate setting of the church, but also then in our individual life too. There's the spiritual hunger for. I want it to be real. I want to be alive. I want it to be authentic. I don't want to put on airs. I don't want to. Uh, on the ass, you know, on, be hypocritical. The, wear the mask on the outside, everything's fine, but on the inside, I'm, I'm hurting and and stuff. So these these are some marks, I think, of um, of what God could be doing in this hour. Yeah, I think I think too. You know, when I'm all for um, organization, you know, un- uniformity. We have to. It's okay to be orderly. Um, but I feel like, you know, sometimes we we pass on the culture and verbiage of Christianity without passing on the heart of Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you go to church long enough, you're, you're kind of enjoying some of the things to do with it. You know, I remember being, I mean, you, you how are you doing? Well, blessed and highly favored. You know? Right, yeah. How are things going? God's great. <laughs> um, these are true statements, but... But I think sometimes we wear, we wear them as masks. And, you know, I remember when I first came out of, um, you know, Teen Challenge, it's like, uh, you know, I started being able to speak a lot of places and, uh, you know, just telling the story of what God had done in my life. And um, But then there's this, like, and I think a lot of people deal with this, then there's like this this rush to like market your testimony, like this idea. I think for Christians, we, we want to, you talk about a haystack or on Wall Street. This is the simplicity of seeking God mm-hmm. and wanting to know about God, wanting to make other people know about God. And I think we, God is not going to be the person that he's not going to allow us to superimpose our pragmatic systems on top of him. Like, you know, he's not going to let us take a spiritual nugget of truth and make that, you know, misuse that for. And I think the reason why we do it as Christians is because we think the end justifies the means. Mm-hmm. We've got to get their attention before we, before we can reach them. We've mm-hmm. got to, we've got to give them something that's shining. But I think culture actually tells us something different. As absurd as it sounds, why do you think that when you go to Facebook, people are thousands of views or people are watching these live videos that are like horrible. You know, there's wind in them and stuff, but people are like wanting to know oh, what's really happening instead yeah. of like this produced pro- product thing. Or why Why are people watching reality shows, even though some of them aren't really at rea- reality, but they're watching these reality shows or these cop shows about, it's because it's like, give me something real. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not completely real, give me something realer. <laughs> and I think we have something that is supreme, empirical, transformative. Mm-hmm. And I think that that when we don't give it, not to be on the hills of our last podcast, in a simplistic manner and trust that it's enough. Yeah. Um, uh, but I feel like sometimes even people within the church are trying to give something they don't have. Yeah. And that, and it's hard to be real. Yeah. Give real if you're not real. Right. Yeah. Uh, two two comments to follow up on that one is, yeah, to to the to whether it be the pastor or uh, we as members of the church, uh, being being authentic ourselves. Uh, you know, not not being superficial, not being uh, hiding who we really are. You know, and that sometimes is not modeled very well in the pulpit. It's it's all the stories we tell are 
uh, the great things we've done or the miracles that have come. Our prayer was answered immediately. And then if we tell anything about our hardships or struggle, it was always like, 25 years ago, I struggled with anger. And that it's is like, so wow, true. Yeah, I've been anger for 25 years. And, yeah. you know, and so, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, and then that filters down into the Christian community in our small groups, or just if you take a friend out to dinner and you're both Christians, you're talking, uh, you, you know, you're modeling your leadership, uh, like separate, like sheep. And, and so you're not, open, you're not honest, you're not confessing, you know, you're not doing a lot of the stuff the Bible told you, you know, confess your sins to one another. That's that's part of being real. That's part of being genuine. It's so, it's so true. I love what you just said about um, our stories are 25 years ago or 15 years ago. It's like putting some distance between a struggle. You know, we there are struggles and we're going to acknowledge them. Yeah. But for me, they were real far in the past. Yeah. I think what you know, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, but I think what set the tone for our recent pastors conference in New York right. was the fact that you got up and you talked about the reality of what you're facing as a minister mm. and the things God is doing in your heart that, that disarmed everything. It's like, you know, this I'm, I've kind of started, a, you know, the opinion of man in this place or social media or whatever. And you just you just said whatever what people are thinking and <laughs> dealing with. And not that they're dealing with that exact situation, right. but like, listen, this is an ongoing battle and we're in it together. And then I feel like after that, everyone was disarmed. Yeah. And it was like, then the altars are full of ministers who are saying, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I was one of those ministers. Mm. And I think, I think it's, uh, but that's, that's also like a marketing thing. Sure. I got a testimony. It was, yeah. it was 15 years ago. Right. Yeah. And I'm overcome. And now I've had this great ministry since then. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you that, that I, you know, was short with my wife yesterday yeah. or that I still have anger in my heart sometimes mm -hmm. or that, um, you know, that I've, I've been, I've rightly applied this to other people's lives at times when I haven't rightly applied it to my own. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, it's not the way, it's not like, a talking, we can go overboard and be like a, an emotional venting mm -hmm. type thing, but it's, it's, I think it, holding into the reality. I think when we live life together, it forces us to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if we're actually in fellowship with each other, you know, me and you, uh, you know, I lo look up to you as the leader of our ministry, but we're also friends and we, we get to spend a lot of time together. And so um, we can't, we can't really hold the realities of life back from each other. The people on the ca camera may not, but so I feel like if we have that kind of genuineness in the way we present Christ and ourselves, rather than esteeming ourselves, but esteeming the God of this book and saying that we are just in subjection of this mm -hmm. too. I think that's what people, because that's why people love the testimonial service. It's not, it, mm -hmm. it's sometimes it can be over sensationalized, but it's like, yes, God's still doing stuff. Yeah. And, you, it, you know, and you don't have testimonial. Uh, probably a lot of people listening don't even know what that means. Right. But, but it used to be churches would have, sometimes it would even be like a, you know, Wednesday night would be prayer and testimony where people would right. one after another get up to the microphone or just stand up where they are in the church. And, and it's, say, it's messy. That's done. Yeah. It can well, be, yeah, that's yeah, the people don't want to do it. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that one of the enemies of real and authentic in our Christian community is control. You yes. know, we want this thing to be polished. We want it to be packaged well. And so somebody might get up and say something. You know, I had that when I was pastoring and a young pastor. We gave opportunity for testimony. This woman had just gotten saved from drugs and she got up and said, I, I don't know quite how to say this, but she, uh, uh, let's just say her testimony was laced with uh, F-bombs. Profanity. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was, and it was hilarious. I mean, I I, I was with, Tim Delina was working with me at the time. We we were just like holding her. <laughs> it was like, it was so, it was so pure. I mean, can, can, can uh, curse words be pure? I don't know, but... Uh, 
Yeah, you know, it was just, it was authentic and we didn't control it. We didn't like, oh, sorry, you're, you're cursing. You know, it's like she was just talking about what Jesus did for her and now how, you know, she has a little baby and now she knows she can t- take care of this baby. You know, and, and uh, you know, being authentic is, is so, so helpful. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, for me, sometimes, you know, I would say that a lot of people, if they compliment anything about my teaching or my ministry, they say, oh, Gary, you're so authentic. You're so real. And I've never really liked that. I'd rather them say, oh, you're so powerful or you're so deep right. or you're so profound or you're so anointed, you know, just, uh, and yet, you know, just being who you are, you know. So if you're, if you're, if you're more, if you're, if you're more of a, you know, didactic teacher, you know, just use that. If you're more of a storyteller, use that, you know, just be who you are. Uh, and, and whether it be from the pulpit or in, in Christian community being, and, and so I, for a long time I was a, uh, you know, just like uh, I almost despise being authentic, but this 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 kind of who I've always been. I just I always wanted to be real. I always wanted to be, you know, not put on a front. And I do. I still do. I mean, I, yes. Who, who doesn't? We uh, have to go. We have to work. Times. We yeah. have to work on it. We have to yeah. guard against it. Yeah. Thank you for watching and listening to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Josh and I really appreciate the opportunity to minister to you. If you've been blessed by this, encouraged in the Lord, I would love for you to prayerfully consider generously giving to help support this ministry. You can go to worldchallenge.org and you'll find a donate button right there on the homepage. God bless. Thanks. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this to you a while back, um, you know, privately, but <clears throat> I remember when uh, you know, one of my books came out that was kind of like, you know, really drawing a line between superficial Christianity, American Christianity, and, um, uh, you know, genuine Christianity. And, you know, there was a lot of people that were saying, that's radical, that's intense. And for me, it was a process of coming to terms with those things when I wrote the book. But then on the other side of the book, then you then people start sort of like, you start to turn into that guy, like, oh yeah, he's the, okay. you know, yeah. you're the say it like it is guy. Uh-huh. And then that becomes a thing where you live. So I just feel like we always, we always want to put our best foot forward. We always want to market ourselves. Um, and I think to some extent, there's nothing wrong with like, for instance, with the lady you're talking about, obviously as she grows in Christ and people counsel, you know, maybe, maybe there's a different way to communicate she, what you're she, saying. She did, yeah. But I think what we end up doing is instead of slightly tweaking, like, man, what you praise God for mm-hmm. what he's done in your life. Right. Praise God. You can take care of your kids. Yeah. And as we gently disciple her and saying, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a better way to communicate those things. We accidentally distill the genuineness of it. So now Mm -hmm. it's like making people afraid to just say the truth. Um, and, And not all truth, you know, is probably appropriate for all contexts. There's certain things about my testimony in my life that I wouldn't say from the a Sunday pulpit of a church, but I might share with a brother one-on-one. Uh, and But I, I just feel like sometimes instead of discipling people to be Christ-like and to point them towards the Savior, we want to make them into an upstanding American citizen <laughs> yeah. Christian right. who looks like us and talks like us and acts like us instead of... And, 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 and I think the hard part is we... We're not saying at the expense of this. We're not saying that that we, you know, we're just being lackadaisical about doctrine or no, the truth is here and we preach the truth. But I think the thing that we do sometimes as believers is we make it seem like to the people we're ministering to that we've already, you know, we've we've already solved all these problems. You know, there's a couple little problems I deal with as a person, but but mostly and greatly I've I've worked it all out. But it's an ongoing thing. And I think when we live in community, it demands us to be real. It makes us real because, yeah. because the guy that I'm calling for prayer, the guy that I'm, I'm sharing my, you know, when I'm standing with you outside of a restaurant and telling you 
just why your message convicted my heart. Yeah. This is real. That's and, real. And, and yeah. not only is it, does it make, does it help us grow together in Christ? It magnifies the actual hero of the story. Yeah. That's Jesus, yeah. the perfect one. Right. You know, and if we read the Bible carefully enough, we'll see that the Bible makes great pains to smear, not to smear, but to show the flaws of every person, mm -hmm. the great man, King and David, but we all know what happened with him, right. Noah, you know, Abraham. Oh. And, and so we see their faithfulness, but we also see the fact that they, they struggled. Now we don't want to, I don't want to be long winded. We don't want to fall into the trap of sensationalizing or praising the places we fall short. You know, there's some factions in the church today. Mm -hmm. We're real, we're broken. Jesus yeah. accepts us how we are. Yeah. We cuss, we just, yeah. you know. No, no, no. Jesus accepts you how you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. That's right. And so so we're not praising the sin or the shortcoming, but we're saying, I think this is the key to being real is you're never gonna grow as a Christian if you can't confess your sin, yeah. if you can't ask for real prayer, if you can't ever let someone bear your burden. And that's impossible if the most important mm -hmm. thing to you is is marketing yourself yeah. and looking a certain way and acting a certain way. Right. Yeah, well, there's a difference between glorying in your sin, like the, that kind of community you're talking about, like, yeah, we're like this, uh, and then we rejoice in it almost or boast in it. Uh, there's a difference between that and authentic confession, like, hey, I'm really hurting here. You know, just a, uh, an illustration of that for my wife and I, we gathered with some young couples and we were going through this uh, marriage course with them, a book. And, you know, the first few weeks we're like, you know, do you spend time, you know, like ABC, spend a lot of time together, or a little bit of time together or no time together. And I was like, oh, B, you know, and everybody, it was just sort of, it was kind of like superficial surface. And then uh, we went around the, the in, in the, each of the couples and just asked them, uh, like, you know, we kind of put the book down for a second. So let's just tell us how you're really doing. And the first couple was like, yeah, we're good. You know, we, we love one another and we're growing and we pray together in the morning and got to the, like the third couple. And the guy said sort of the same thing everybody was saying. And his wife said, just all of a sudden tears started rolling down her eyes. She said, not me. She goes, uh, we've been married two years and I've hated every minute of it. And you just seen the look on the guy's face. is like, he, he didn't hear her say this. And, uh, you know, she was, uh, she was just, she started weeping. She says, even from the honeymoon on, I just knew I married the wrong person. And we went like, Okay, wow. you know, like, okay, now what do we do? You know, right. Uh, you know, we had no, there's there's nothing in that workbook that we had that would. We want we want to have a marriage class, but yeah. we didn't actually really want to deal with wanna, the real yeah, problems. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you, from that point on, I'd say the next two or three months meeting together, it changed that group. I mean, we yep. were closer. We were praying for one another. Uh, we, you know, other people could say, you know, maybe not to that degree. Uh, you know, and the Lord healed their marriage too. Uh, just to make a long story short, and uh, yeah. you know, the, but it was it was born out of that vulnerability, that authenticity of, and it wasn't like she was like, oh, let me try to be authentic, like a that's cool and and hip in this culture to be authentic. It was just a cry of her soul. Yes, and so the, a, a lack of authenticity, uh, posing superficial, would uh, disallow her from saying that. It would be me saying, like, you know, honey, why don't you just hold that? Thought? Let's you know, let's talk a little bit later personally. We can, right. you know, my wife and I will get with you after the meeting, but. No, no, let it go. Let, let's see what let's see what the Holy Spirit does with this. No doubt. Well, I, since you brought that up, I'll give you a really short yeah. personal example in my own life. Um, you know, I went went to. You're team, not gonna say you hated your wife from the first day. No, you met her. I, <laughs> I, I, I knew I knew I knew my wife was about two steps up from from my station. Maybe she was gonna say it. <laughs> Maybe, but I when I first you know was with my wife, I'd I'd went through Teen Challenge. I had already been in ministry, um, and then. You know, I had had a relapse after Teen Challenge. And then uh, right at the beginning of my time with my wife. And so then 
got restored, you know, every everything went better. And a few years down the road, I was pastoring. And so I found myself when my wife, you know, we're talking five years removed or something. Um, and so in my mind, you know, I didn't really like my wife to talk about that part mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, I'd rather just say, 10 years of success, you know, I felt like it gave me more credibility as a pastor. And, you know, and so I'm thinking, you know, so I, I'd never like rebuked her for it, but I would, she could tell that I was uncomfortable when she would mention it. Um, but what I really did was I, I destroyed because I, I wanted to appear a certain way. I destroyed a very important part of my wife's testimony Mm. because it was during that period of time that my wife says that she learned to truly pray and seek God, Mm. that she had to realize that I I wasn't her source, that God was. And even though it was short-lived, this is a pivotal part that today my wife uses to minister to dozens and dozens of women. And so, but because of my insecurity as a person, I wanted, I want, and just to be honest, I wanted people to to think, you know, this whole 10 years when I was, between I was a youth pastor and when I became an act, uh, you know, a head pastor, um, I don't, I didn't want to tell people about that fall mm-hmm. and, and all the reasons were wrong mm-hmm. and all the, and, and, and here's the biggest part. It wasn't true. Right. It wasn't real. It wasn't true. Yeah. And God works within, and to me, instead of thinking like, well, what if they know I've only been sober, you know, yeah. at this point for five years and, you know, now it's been many years later, but yeah. in those years, my wife has, it's been something. So I robbed her of something. And frankly, I robbed myself of something because mm-hmm. the point is, you know, if God raised me up as a pastor five years later, some people might be uncomfortable with that, but it's really a great testimony to God yeah. instead of this sort of like faithful ministry, you know, you know, and, 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 and I even found myself doing that times where certain things I'd struggled with, um, that I would find myself pushing them off actually a little farther past than they were. Oh, that was like 20 years ago. Why? It's because I, I'm promoting myself. I'm not promoting God. And, and I'm here to say that God never blesses and works through manipulations. Right. In him, there's no shadow of turning. And so I think it's something that we have to, we have to take big steps to be real and authentic in our life. And, and I think it's about having a clear conscience of being blameless mm-hmm. with the Lord, but it's not a one-time thing. Right. It's something that we have to be examining ourselves and looking at often, you know, sure. and to me, uh, hearing you when you were talking about something, you know, that, that had kind of crept up on you at the conference mm-hmm. was, it was almost like, wow, okay, if someone that I admire mm. that has been in the ministry as long as you will be honest and say that, then then I'm like, man, I, I need to look, take another look mm. at myself. And, and sure enough, God used that. God only works through the truth. And that's why it's so important to be real. God will not work with our half-truths. He won't work with our framing because mm. the beauty and the power is actually connected to the real story. It is. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the God story. That's what he's doing in life. Well, thank you for being open with us and letting us hear a bit of your story too. That that encourages us. So for those of you that are listening, um, just how would you go about this? What Are there some practical steps we could take? I, I would just encourage you to uh, be willing to risk. Um, you know, it's it's almost like we guard our hearts because we're afraid of hurt. And we could get hurt when you're, uh, when you're being confessional or authentic with people. There's an opportunity for them to reject you or look down upon you. But I, I would encourage you, it's worth the risk. I find, and I'm sure Josh would say the same thing. Uh, you know, if you're in a Christian community and you're finding it's lacking and authentic, uh, real, genuine 
uh, Christian community, um, I, I want to encourage you not to uh, just you know put them down or gossip about them. I would just say you know you you be light in the midst of that darkness. You you, you open up the door, uh, maybe just with the with the most trusted friend you have. Uh, maybe it's with your spouse. Just say hey, you know we need to have a little more an in-depth talk of things, and just get this started, and you'll find that the Holy Spirit will lead you uh, into the deeper things of this, what we're talking about. So look forward to Before you, to you close, yeah, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I typically wouldn't do no, this, but no, I just want to say one thing that I think is so important. It's a truth that, is, that has changed my life. In John 8, it says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yeah. It's talking about the person of Christ, but the reason we're not free in areas of our life is because we're not real. The yeah. truth isn't that you'll never, if you're, you'll never be free in a particular place in your life until that place has been infiltrated with the truth. And so if you think you're going to get better, you're going to feel better, you're going to, you're going to lose the anxiety. It will not happen until, until you allow the truth to mm -hmm. infiltrate that. And sometimes it's going to be hard and maybe sometimes it will be embarrassing, yeah. but the truth is freedom is always Amen. worth it. Yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you injected that into the uh, ending of our conversation today. Thank you, Joshua. Good being with you. And thanks for joining us again. Hey, we want to encourage you to uh, uh, subscribe to our podcast, depending on what uh, format you watch us on or listen to us on. Uh, we, we'd love that. And also check out worldchallenge.org. We have some materials. Josh and I have talked a little bit about uh, uh, the Fire in Our Bones Pastors Conference, Christian Leaders Conference. Uh, there's some great content, even if you're not a pastor or leader there. Uh, all of us are leaders in some form or another. So uh, there's some, some great messages there, and uh, we would love for you to do that. Also, we have a, a worship team here at World Challenge called 1121. They have some songs that have just come out, Spotify and some other uh, resources. You can do that. A lot of content. And we just want to be here to bless you, to encourage you. We pray that you would be uh, built up uh, not only by this series, but by the other things that God is allowing us to be a part of. God bless you. Grace and peace to you. If you're enjoying the podcast but want to dig deeper, both Gary and Joshua have books that you can buy right now on our online store. Go to worldchallenge.org and click on the store tab at the top of the page. There you'll find books written by David Wilkerson, Gary Wilkerson, Joshua West, and others as well. Check it out today. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to do two things. First, share this with someone else. Second, click on the subscribe or follow button on whatever app you're using to listen to the show. That way you get notified when we release a new episode. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next time.